Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Field houses and American dream pair the so-called American dream to scripture and the call of God for all that will follow him to lay down their lives. You find a, a complete incompatibility. In fact, let's talk about that specifically. The American so-called American dream, which is really a curse more than a blessing. And I believe it's over for this nation in that regard. Also, it's a dream that you can have your own home. And what has that gotten us? First of all, it's gotten us in debt. We pay two, three, four times the amount of the house sometimes for the house's actual price over the 30-year mortgage. Also, this confines us to one location instead of being mobile and fluid and able to be led by the Spirit more as perhaps we should be. Also, our not only our money for the home, but money is also spent on embellishing the home. Of course, if you get a home, it's natural to embellish and make it more comfortable with accessories, etc. And so we are wasting our lives and the resources that God holds us accountable specifically with the stewardship thereof, if you will. We are going to have a lot to give account for. And think about it, brass door kicker deal, the new fence, the shrubbery tenants of the lawn, etc., the exterior, the interior, the new roof from year to year or after several years. Got to get new furniture, you know, to fill the rooms, replace the furniture that's now out of date, etc., etc. The list goes on and on. Didn't even mention appliance, TVs, telecommunication equipment, video, audio, etc. A lot of houses today have uh, their own media rooms, etc. So what is it that we're going to tell the Lord on Judgment Day when we compare ourselves to, because we're going to be judged by the word of God and God specifically gave us how example in the early believers among the earliest believers or while the church was in its pristine state that we're going to be judged again there are Christian people in need there is great need of the gospel to be spread across the earth and uh, across our nation and each of our state and yet we find it so easy to spend time and money on frivolous things that have no eternal 
value at all for which we will be brought into judgment for. Okay, let's compare this so-called American dream, which many of us to one degree or the other are living. Let's compare that to this minimalist, if you will, attitude and way of life adopted immediately after Pentecost. In other words, these are people that are truly saved. We know that they're authenticated to be so by being written in the scripture as the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 44 and 45 says, And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them every man had need. Notice the earliest believers liquidated what they didn't need, absolutely a necessity of, if you will, uh, so that they could give to those who were in need. Now what are we going to say to God when we have wasted literally tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars on frivolous expenditures, you know, buying media and CDs and movies and the various ways we have access to them that do not bring God glory and in many ways bring him, bring defamation to his holy name and uh, things we run through the mental capacities of our temple, which is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Ghost and defile ourselves therein. I mean, that's just one small example of how we have wasted the wealth that God had squandered it. I'm going to give account for such on that day. We have an article on the website titled Wealth Wasted on the Worship of Self. You can find that under Stewardship category on SafeguardYourSoul.com or by searching the search box. Notice that the earliest believers, we have no record of them receiving any kind of specific instruction, but they knew inside by the Spirit of God that now filled them. This is right after, right ensuing Pentecost when the church was born. It was automatic, or if you will, or it was something they were led to do. And by the way, the Lord would lead us to do very much uh, no different, if you will, than he did with the early church because he's unchanging. Never mind all the but, but, but. We have to adopt and obey the word of God in our personal lives. Begin to pray in the fear of God that the Lord would lead us to perhaps cut bait, if you will, on many things that we have done and are doing concerning our lives in this world. Are we in love with this world and the things of this world? Are we more deeply entrenching ourselves in the kingdom of God, being planted in the house of the Lord or in this fleeting world? The scripture says that if we are a friend of this world, we are the enemy of God. James 4 4 in 1 John 2 15 the scripture warns us that if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him the scripture speaks often of those who love his appearing and also that Jesus is coming back for those who are looking for his appearing there in Hebrews 9 28 in Acts chapter 4 beginning in verse 32 again the early believers the true disciples of the first century we read in Acts 4 32 beginning there and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his his own, but they had all things common. See, no one of the early church said, oh, these are my things. This is my car. This is my house. These are my clothes. These are my shoes. No, no such thing, etc. It says here, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. Why? Because they understood what the scriptures teach, that naked came we into this world, and naked shall we return. We are to be glad and rejoice 
rejoice that we have food and raiment. Amen. That means that we have something to eat and we're covered. Perhaps that includes as a necessity, a basic necessity of life, biblically speaking, a shelter over our heads. And I wonder what we're going to do when we have to give account for the money we've wasted on the size of the dwelling place that we have and the fact that we've found our identity in that particular structure that's made of wood, hay, and stubble, if you will. Also, our vehicles, you know, we're going to give account to the Almighty for how we have, in some cases, some of us have spent uh, two or three or four times the amount of money we could have to have a modest vehicle that gets us from point A to point B. And why would that be? That would be because of the pride of life, which is one of the three things that the world that we are to hate, this fleeting sinful world, is defined as in First John chapter 2, verse uh, 14 through 17. It's the pride of life that quickens us, if you will, this iniquity to identify ourselves or create an identity to be oppressive to mere sinful men instead of fearing God and to be obedient and pleasing and impressive, if you will, to him and preparing ourselves to be judged for every thought, word, intent, motive, and deed and stewardship expenditure. So instead of having the ten dollars or $20,000 vehicle that is maybe has a few miles on it and is somewhat less flashy, we find ourselves migrating toward a vehicle that would make us look, the scripture says, cause us to have a fair show in the flesh, if you will, or to be ooed and odd by mere sinful men. I, I really think we're kind of over-inflating even that phenomenon if you will. I don't really think people are that concerned about what kind of vehicle that you drive. If you show up, they don't even know what kind of vehicle you have anyway. Why do we live press mere men, folks? Why are we living as if we're going to be judged by other sinful men or a sinful man? You know, some of us live our lives to impress uh, people that don't even really care for us. They certainly, no one cares for you like God does. No one sent his only begotten son to bleed on a the altar of the cross to be buried and to rise again from the dead for you. That's most certain. And so who is it that we live please? The scripture tells us that the fear of man bringeth a snare. Proverbs 29, I believe it's verse 25. Continuing in Acts chapter 4, we read in verse 30, Two, that no one said of all these things that he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verse 34 says, Neither was there any among them that lacked. There was none among the earliest believers that lacked. They had far less resources, if you will, in those countries in which they dwelled, in those ages or that time frame in which they dwelled, and yet there were none of them that lacked. Now, I wonder if the body of Christ, or those who name the name of Christ, were actually living the Christian life as is defined, not by the local wolf who calls himself a pastor and refuses to preach things right out of the Bible like this, but by Scripture. You see, the Bible tells us, Jesus told us, that we're going to be judged by his word, John 12, 48. Jesus gave the Apostle Paul his gospel and the revelation of it, and Paul said that we're going to be judged by the word also in Romans 2, 16. We're going, the books are going to be open. We're going to be judged by what we did, the intent of our heart in doing such, and against the holy word of God. And we're reading right now, friend, that the earliest believers 
believers had no lack among themselves. We have more wealth than any other nation in the history of the world, and that includes those who name the name of Jesus. There are literally tens of millions of people in America who claim that they're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, and many of them have been. What their current state is, or your current state or mine, may speak or may reveal a fruit that does not testify to an abiding relationship in Jesus Christ, which would mean that we are once again plucked up by the roots, we are alienated from the life of of Christ. And as such, we, if we do not hearken to the Lord's conviction and repent, we will be cast into the fire, according to Jesus himself. In the book of John, chapter 15, verse 1 through 6, no one that he saves yet doesn't abide or remain in him, according to his terms, which are given us in scripture from which we will be judged, will be in his eternal kingdom. You must endure to the end to be saved. Well, what does that mean? Well, you've got to walk by faith. And if you have saving faith, it's producing a life of good works and good fruit. Make no mistake about that. Faith without works is dead. In other words, you don't have saving faith if that faith is not producing the fruit of good works. Now, the fruit and the works do not save you, but they are the evidence that you are saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Okay, so verse 34 of Acts 4 says, Of the earliest believers of Christ, in Christ, neither was any among them that lacked. If we did what God wanted us to do, not one Christian and not one true ministry would have any lack. That's for sure. We have multiplied times what they had materially in that day uh, technology-wise and resource-wise here in America and all over the Western world and all over the world for the most part in this day. We have much more than they had. Obvious to me by the miracle-working power of God and by the sheer fact of all the resources and monetary gain that we have, not one individual believer, which is God's first priority of taking care of, true ministry work of Christ would have any lack. Amen? And the gospel would be being advanced across the earth. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought them the prices of those things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as every... There was even distribution. The apostles didn't leave their place of fasting, prayer, and the ministry of the word. Of course, they needed sustenance, and all people that are called in the ministry and equipped by God are to be thought worthy of double honor. Uh, they have given up their lives in this world to serve Christ and his body and to make him known to the lost and to equip the saints of Christ. And First Timothy five seventeen and 18 uh, tell us clearly that they're to be thought worthy of double honor. That means sufficient income to pay all their bills and have everything they need so that they never have to take their eyes off of or focus off of the work of Christ, the most important work in the earth. Also, Paul establishes that those that are called out are worthy of their hire extensively in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 through 14. But notice here that the, the earliest Christians laid down the prices, if you will, the money that they were prospered by, selling off the things they didn't need, the lands and the houses, and that just represents material goods. And distribution was made unto every man as uh, 
according as he had need. There was even distribution in chapter 6. We see where seven men were appointed to that work of distributing evenly to the body of Christ as each had need. And uh, it's different from today where we have CEO-type so-called pastors who are nothing more than hireling wolves who are making merchandise of the people. I mean, some of these guys have excessive income. And in most cases, whether they have excessive income or not, they're not doing the work of Christ. That's clear. They're not preaching the full counsel of God with no fear of mere sinful men. Uh, they're not laboring and getting their hands dirty among the people every day like Christ did, like his apostles did in the early church did. They're just those who have, are hirelings. They're doing this for the money. They have a profession they found. I mean, I know numerous of these specific type people that I've just defined, and I won't go into further detail, but we see that distribution was made as every man had need. Today we have pastors who have all kinds of modern luxuries, and uh, they got keep people in their own congregations, if you will. Uh, they can't pay their light bill. I mean, this is just ridiculous. That's not even distribution. And by the way, folks, I'm not talking about a commune where everybody has to live in the same place. That's not what I'm talking about. We cannot neglect this governing truth that we're to have all things common. Again, those passages are Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45, and Acts chapter 4 verse 32 through 35 i want you to go read them face this truth beloved don't run from it and go before god in prayer in the fear of the lord and go on a fast cry out to god to, to help you to lay the axe to the root i also want you to read haggai 1 now for the sake of time we're going to cut this message short but i want you to notice the things of haggai 1 and how god rebuked them because and told them over and over to consider your ways quote unquote and how the wages they brought in uh, were like they had bags with holes in them. God was causing them not to be able to be satisfied even with all the wages or the money they brought in. It's called the law of diminishing returns. The more they made, the less they were satisfied because they weren't glorifying God. They were building and spending all their time and money and, and talents on their sealed houses, you see. But they neglected the building and the care of souls in the house of God. They neglected the body of Christ and the way you're treating the body, either by omission or commission, is exactly how you're actually treating Jesus and how you're going to be judged. Because Jesus said, inasmuch as you did it not under the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. And inasmuch as you did it under one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. So again, Haggai 1, friend, I want you to get the Bible open, get a King James Bible open, and I want you to study Haggai 1 and pray before you do and ask the Lord to prepare your heart and to give you a heart of flesh to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God and to prepare you, your soul, to be judged. God is monitoring everything we do, every intent, every expenditure, and the stewardship thereof, and we're going to be judged there. Bye, beloved. Don't deceive yourself. Be not deceived. God bless you, friend. Hope you'll uh, avail yourself to the resources that are set up to bless you on SafeguardYourSoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, uh, edifying 
podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also, tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. Uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. You can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. May God be praised. There's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.